Welcome to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast with Lawrence Lotz. Join Lawrence as he gets together with his friends from all over the world to discuss the latest trends, give some business insights, and add a little South African chaos into your lives. Don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at the Wolf of Queen Street and find us on all of your listening platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street. Welcome back to the podcast series. If you're joining us on the audio podcast or the YouTube series, um, before we get started today, today's episode is brought to you by the, the Dark Heart Grooming Company, skincare for men out of New Zealand, only using organic, natural, native ingredients. And you can find them on Instagram under Instagram under the Dark Heart Grooming Co. And the next time you place an order, just add in Wolf 10 at the checkout for a 10% discount. And today I'm joined by Austin Sloan. Austin's name was presented to me by a friend of mine just said, I need to reach out to Austin because of the amazing journey and the story that he has. It's something we'll capture through in the podcast. But Austin at one stage was standing at 341 pounds on his heaviest and at his lightest is standing at 171 pounds so 170 pound weight loss through his journey. And you can imagine to anyone that to most people these days, 170 pounds is what a normal person would stand at in weight. That's one individual sort of weight loss that Austin has overcome, worked through and got to where he is today. And I'm exceptionally excited to hear about the challenges he overcame and the steps he followed to get into where he is today. So welcome to the show, Austin. Hey, thank you very much, Lawrence. It is a absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, great. So to our listeners at the moment, is, as I said in the intro, you know, at the heaviest you stood at was 341 pounds. At what time period in, you know, was that a year ago or two years ago? So that, uh, that was uh, some years ago. It was my senior year of high school yep. um, in 2016, very late 2016. Uh, for context, my birthday is December 22nd. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, on December 22nd of 2016, um, I did weigh myself and found that I was 341 pounds. Um, that was a great capper to my birthday. I uh, found that out before I'd gone to bed. I thought that I was lower. I thought that I was under the 300s mm-hmm. and um, realized that. And it was kind of a big turning point. Um, one of my close friends, Alejandro Gonzalez, had taken a picture of me as a joke to send to our group chat uh, that we had in high school between our friend group. And I looked at the picture and just was appalled at what had become like what I knew that throughout my life I had struggled with my weight and I always knew that I was overweight, but it was at the point where it was just, am I going to keep going on like this? Mm -hmm. Is this what I want my life story to be? Is this what I want to amount to? I know that I need to change. And I had heard years and years before, from my doctors, from my close friends, everybody, you need to do this for your health. You need to make this change. And I realized that it's time. I'm going to start doing the things that I need to do to get to where I want to be. Yeah. So I'm guessing that I kind of, I mean, that's a challenging moment you would have had. And like you said, you saw the photo, you saw that mark, your expectation was that you were under 300 and you had a realization that, hold on, I'm over 300, I'm 341. So Working to the mental state of something has to change. Was that a gradual change for you at that time into December? Or did you just turn around and said, no, nah, fuck it, enough is enough. I have it, to make that change now and, and, and do something different. It, it, was, uh, it was a big turning point. And I think it was more of a uh, 
it was more of a like a one driving situation uh, scenario than mm-hmm. a gradual mind shift because uh, my I remember getting home that night and uh, getting right to finding out what I had to do to be able to start making progress. I knew that it wouldn't be overnight, um, but I also wanted it very quickly. So it consumed my mind. It became my obsession. I wanted to find out everything I could do and start doing the things that I could do. Um, more so doing the things that I could do than learning what I needed to know. Mm-hmm. It just became my drive every day to do something that would evidently lead to me losing weight. It honestly was an obsession and I jumped to it right away. It was my main priority to focus on losing weight. I put school aside, my social relationships for just a few weeks after realizing that I needed to make a shift so that I could get myself grounded and start making progress toward that. But that started to falter down the line, as I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah, so... So I can imagine, so you started on the point of that being 341 pounds. I, I can't imagine you being very active or naturally active at that stage at that weight. Mm, no. So what was the, the first step? So obviously you're working through mentally going, okay, I'm going to make the change. Um, I'm going to move or I'm going to do stuff differently. What was the first step? So was it, okay, I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. Or was it straight? I'm going to hit the gym. What was the first stepping stones that you took? from an exercise or from a health point of view that started you on that journey? So the, uh, the first action that I took, I will also call it the first mistake that I made was taking to Google and falling for some of the tabloids. I got into like the juice cleanse type idea. Um, I did that for a moment and that didn't seem to be bringing me anywhere. And then I did what a lot of people even now do. Um, I got a gym membership, started going to the gym, and I did nothing but cardio. I would get on the treadmill for two and a half, three hours at just stupid speeds, mm-hmm. like kill my body, kill myself on the treadmill and the bike anywhere without doing any strength training or anything, just because I thought that it was getting me a little bit closer. I would wake up the next day, and because I had just absolutely destroyed myself the day previously on cardio, I would be down a few pounds in mm-hmm. pure water weight and think that I was just dropping body fat overnight. It was absolutely self-destructive on my mental. Um, it's something that I still deal with trying to combat today, but that was the first major step I, I took. I just started taking action without knowing what I needed to know, without doing the proper research and jumping right into it without regard for my own safety. Yeah, it's, it is a dangerous space to be or dangerous space to follow. Like you said, the, the biggest mistake you made or the first step, which was the mistake, was the Google uh, you know, you always, there's always the joke and talking about old Dr. Google going on to Google and, you know, you see all this comic. So I've got this condition. What's wrong with me? I've got this condition. What's wrong with me? And it always ends up, no matter what it is, even if it's a cough, a cough or headache, you end up going, you've got, you've got this cancer. You've got this problem with you because oh, yeah. everything links to everything. It just depends how the story goes. And I can imagine with yourself being vulnerable, whether you accept it or not, being looking for change, going, that is where my knowledge base is and this should guide me. And I'm going to search, oh, yeah. I'm going to search here and I'm going to search there. And the first and second step comes in and goes, you should do this. You should be a high cardio base and not having the right education in training itself to know if you do high intense cardio. I mean, if you look at the guys, uh, the likes of um, Goggins and that stuff, with the high intensity in the cardio training, it puts the body under immense pressure Ooh. if you don't have the muscular strength behind it and the nutrition strength behind it as well. So I can mm-hmm. imagine you going through this, that challenge. 
Did you have some education around the diet or did you just as well? Did you just start cutting it and looking at Google as you went from one trend to the other? See, that's, um, that's a major point and something that, that speaks to me today. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell directly into the fad diets. I went straight for the low carb diet because it was hot at the time. It was hot mm-hmm. on the magazine covers. I jumped right into that and barely ate any carbohydrates. And with that, it wasn't even some sort of today's keto approach yeah. where you would typically take a very high protein, very high fat and minimal carbohydrate approach. Um, I did very minimal carbs, very minimal fats. And with that, not even moderate protein, I was, I was consuming very low protein as mm-hmm. well. So it was really just a deprivation of, of all nutrients that my body was craving and needed to fuel this, this intense exercise that just, it honestly did more damage than anything. And I fell directly into that. Um, I had hopped from that to intermittent fasting within the first few months, uh, complete, done completely poorly, eating like a single meal a day, which wasn't even a very nutrient-dense meal or anything. Um, I, was, I was a victim of the fad diets, and that's something that I stand by today. I try to go out of my way to educate people on what they need to look for and what the core principles are behind a proper diet, nutrition, so that they don't fall into these traps and evidently hurt themselves in the long run. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, to a lot of people that aren't aware, you can't just stop eating and think you'll lose weight. That's one of the biggest misconceptions in the world of if I eat less today than I ate yesterday, I'll naturally lose weight because there's a certain point in anyone's body. And again, every single person, or what's it, 7 billion of us now, are totally different, right? If your body at a certain point will shut down and hold and think you're in starvation mode and therefore it will never release uh, the energy source or never burn the fat and won't do anything else. So you can't just shut it down. It's a interesting science and mathematical understanding how every single person's body works and reacts to nutrition, to training and so forth. So having a sense of, like you said, going through and doing the fad diets, uh, expecting this one to naturally work with me and fad diets, in small portions, work for a standard normal guy or girl. A person that's decently healthy, that's not holding excess, too much excess weight, they will get the two or five or 10 pounds and, and they say on the papers, hey, I was 180 pounds and I lost 10% of my body weight. They only lost 10 pounds. 90% of that's water and they might have lost one pound of fat in the process or actual muscle board because yeah. the muscle will deteriorate. That's, that's a major point as well. I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah. And so that's so, but the interesting thing was with yourself is being of being holding so much weight, those things would never work. You'd get to the 10 pounds, what the fads would offer you. And then it's not a scientific or a correct process that will allow you be beneficial to continue to, to lose weight as well as give you the right nutrients, as you said, nutrient dense food. And I can't imagine the mental challenges you're going through, as you said, it was a bad space of your realization of the weight you're holding. But I've known from past experience how detrimental to mental health, mental capability, bad diet is as well. Oh, yes. Um, can, I, can I give a, a quick little bit of context regarding fad diets for anyone out there who maybe doesn't know alien terms? By all means. So, uh, there's no real objective definition for a fad diet, quote unquote, but to give kind of a overview synopsis of what a fad diet is, um, 
Typically, it's something that's marketed in magazines and media outlets as being the new hot way to lose weight. Like this is the overnight magic fix. Do this and it will all work. The main point that all of these fad diets miss, these juice cleanses, uh, even some forms of vegan diets, vegetarian, carnivore diets, uh, keto, all of this. The point that they don't drive home is that the reason that they cause weight loss is that they successfully place the participant in a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. That is what weight loss evidently comes down to. It's energy balance. If you consume less calories than you expel in a day, you will, by definition and by science, lose weight. That is what these diets are doing. There are avenues to get to that. And if one of them works for you and it's maintainable and you can see yourself sustaining this for an extended period of time because that's what it really takes for a successful diet, by all means, follow that formula. But please never rely on any of these quote-unquote fad diets to be the overnight successful fix. Everybody wants the magic pill, and it does not exist. I hate to say. There's, I just the, wanted to give a bit more context. Oh, oh no, totally awesome. I um, totally relate to that. The magic pill that exists is hard fucking work. Oh. That is the one magic pill that exists, Ooh. nothing else. That's hard fucking work every day to a certain goal of what you're trying to achieve, right? And yeah, I can imagine yourself, the right hook. yeah, and uh, I can imagine yourself, there must have been a realization, Austin, you know, going through the fad diets not working, trying things, training the wrong way. There must have been a moment where slowly but surely you started to see a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel, not by the weight that you were losing, but a realization of going, this is the actual right path. This is what I mm. should be doing health-wise, nutrition-wise, uh, mental capacity, mental state-wise. Was that moment, was there a moment that you could slowly see yourself getting towards or working towards? Yes, absolutely. So um, it wasn't necessarily what the number on the scale was saying. It was more how I was feeling and how my mind was feeling. The things that I was learning, that I was enacting, that looking back now, I didn't realize at the time that I was learning with every little mistake I made. Every time I hopped on the scale, um, every single day I was finding out something more about myself and about the actual proper process to make this change. Hmm. Um, I would say probably the largest thing was getting into the YouTube fitness space. Um, and I am blessed with having my related video section referring me to two individuals that honestly built the foundation for me, or three individuals that built the foundation for me to hop onto this path. It was uh, this gentleman, Igor uh, Vitruvian Physique on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He was the one who showed me what tracking calories and nutrition and energy balance really was. Um, and through Vitruvian Physique, Igor, I found a gentleman named Jeff Nippard, um, a very large now science-based uh, fitness exercise science individual out of Canada. Mm -hmm. And through Jeff, I found an individual named Lane Norton, a scientist who is highly accredited and or highly credited in the fitness industry. He's just constantly spewing good information. And those three kind of became my mentors in the fitness space. I started to watch their videos like, like as if I was reading Bible verses and honestly, that built the foundation for me to start realizing, okay, whoa, 
have I been doing all of this quote unquote wrong? Have I been just not taking the best avenues possible? Like look at how much more is out there and how much more I could be nailing down because Vitruvian physique showed me that weight loss is quantifiable. And I was always a big numbers guy. I wasn't the best at the various maps, but that to me drove home that, Hey, I can break this down on pen and paper and I can see it day in, day out to make sure that I'm making progress and not just going in blind, hopping onto the treadmill for two and a half hours and depriving myself of nutrition. That was probably the, the biggest key for me. Yep. So, so I guess in, like you said, you had the three people, the three mentors you'd, um, you'd likely call them to what you achieved in that stuff. So during this, this time period of transitioning into the right training, the right nutrition, was that all your focus? I mean, to a lot of our listeners at the moment, they're going to be saying, okay, what was your day like? What was, what was your life like? What was, you know, were you working? Were you unemployed? Uh, were you just focused on your life to try and lose the weight? What was Austin, you as a person, 24-7 or over a week's period? What did that look like? So, um, the, the weight loss became my primary goal and obsession uh, to a degree. So I still had my regular, quote, my quote unquote, regular life going on outside of that. I was in high school at the time, a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate um, December. That means that six months from then, I would be walking across the podium, getting my diploma and exiting uh, secondary school. Mm-hmm. So obviously had to focus on school, maintain that priority. Um, and I was working. My family does own a pizza restaurant which I'll talk about how that was a detriment at some point, I'm sure. Um, I was working there three or four days a week after school, uh, helping out as a delivery driver. Um, And other than that, I wasn't really taking on many other personal interests. My only kind of hobby at that time was focusing on weight loss and, of course, looking for a girlfriend because that that was a huge thing for me. Um, I hadn't really had girlfriends yep. before and I started to lose a little bit of weight. I started feeling myself, gained a little bit of confidence and started to put myself out there. So those were kind of the main things on my plate. I had school, I had, uh, the weight loss and fitness and I was looking for, I was looking for love. Yeah. That's, that's a major key. I was looking for love. Mm-hmm. Something I've learned doesn't really work out, but that and then work. And that was pretty much Austin's day. I would go to school till uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, go to the gym and I would go to work on days that I did work on days that I didn't work. I would come home and I would generally consume myself with video games as most typical average high schoolers who don't know what else is out there would. And the fitness YouTube scene, that was kind of my day trying to find out everything that I could. So I can see a, a few times we've mentioned, as we've spoken at the moment, that there's, there's some stuff hanging, you know, there's some knowledge that you want to share across. I know that you're talking about the pizzeria. I was going to mention as soon as you said your folks had a, um, a pizza place, I was going to say straight away, that couldn't have helped anything as part of your journey. And as well as you spoke, you mentioned something just earlier, a little bit about, you know, your mental states and the, and the challenges you had there. Do you want to take our listeners through some of those key insights through your path that you went through that you picked up, you know, firstly talking about the pizzeria, how challenging that would have been with what you were trying to achieve. Oh, absolutely. So uh, the pizzeria was, was probably one of the, 
the main inhibiting factors and in, in my weight loss early on until I, I learned to quell like the, the mental battle with myself and gain self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that I would be working, maybe I would bring some food from home. I would bring like some ground turkey and um, some other food that I had made beforehand. And a lot of times that would sit in the fridge for two or three days at the pizzeria because I would either totally throw it out the window theoretically Mm-hmm. Uh, while it did remain in the fridge and just have some pizza, have some wings, have, oh, look, the cook's got this cool lunch special today. Let me try that out when it's probably 2000 calories within yeah. one bowl of whatever it is. It just, it was very, very, very hard to resist temptation. I lacked discipline in all regards um, with anything food related. I had extreme amounts of trouble not snacking on things. Um, it was a common thing for the kitchen staff to have a basket of fries that they would season up and leave out for the kitchen staff to have while there were no orders or anything Mm -hmm. like that, like bags of chips, um, regular sodas. The restaurant didn't serve diet soda at the time. And I was still a big soda drinker. I would consume probably, probably half, probably an entire liter of soda uh, every time that I worked, which um, thinking about it now, I believe that's, that's what probably upwards of a thousand calories just mm-hmm. through liquids yep. that I would consume in the five to six hours that I was working on a shift and, and the sodium all as well. Those, oh yeah. And yeah, not filling at all, anything not satiating, just pure sugar that would run through the system, sugar highs all over the place. And all in all, I lacked discipline. I had minimal self-control and that showed in how I would compose myself with, with my food choices while at work that, there would be nights too where I wouldn't even work and my mother would leave the restaurant and be like, Hey, do you want anything to eat? And I'd be like, yeah, bring home a Buffalo chicken pizza. Boom. 3000 calories later, there Mm -hmm. I am wondering what the hell just happened. Yeah. Just, it was a huge detriment, but I don't blame it because it still came down to my own personal choices. Uh, That, that seems to be the biggest point to me. Yeah, it it is. It's it's such a challenge and it's also, it's very habitual, right? Uh, People's lives get into a habit of forming a habit you know, making a habit, depending if it's something that gives you short-term yeah. gain, not gain, but positive emotion, I'm eating, I get that high, you know, and so react to it. So there's always that discussion and that talking points. And it's something I wanted to bring up was food, people have food challenges or they get overweight and they get an addiction to food. Now, oh, yeah. it's an interesting question I wanted to ask you is, did you see yourself as addicted to food at that stage? I did not. Um, it actually was not until somewhat recently when I got into the personal development space and kind of the nutritional space when I started to realize that, wow, um, I was addicted to food and I kind of still am to a degree. At that time, it was just kind of part of my life. It was such a ingrained habit in my day that I barely would think about when I would grab a handful of fries and just snack on it or pour two cups of soda, mm-hmm. things like that. It was really just a part of me. So seeing that you have a realization of it at the moment, would it, be, would it be correct to say that you could call yourself a recovering food addict? Most definitely. And I, I believe and I pray that I never fully co- uh, get over, quote unquote, mm. um, my addiction to food. Yeah. I believe it's my calling to help people with that. Uh, I hope that I struggle with it day to day because I know what it's like to be in the trenches and I hope I can remain in the trenches um, theoretically so that I can relate to people that are dealing with things that I've dealt with and that I still deal with day to day. 
Yeah, it, it's correct. You know, it's that it's that realization, not just from yourself, but from the rest of the world, to see that it's just it's more than a relationship to a food. It's an addiction to. Now we're using food in this example, but it could be anything else in life: drugs, food, alcohol, whatever, whatever your fix of choice is that is not beneficial to what you're trying to achieve. It's it's not just hey I like it. It's there is an addiction, and that addiction is not positive; it is negative. And like you said, he didn't see it. He, he, like you said, he didn't see it at that stage, but he saw it when you look back of it, and that's what most people have, and having to unfortunately break through to be able to look back and say yes and acknowledge. And the first thing about they always say about anything um, about in any AA meeting or any addiction meeting, the first thing is to acknowledge going, I have a problem. And in your story, you said you realize that. I am too far. I'm too far gone on my spectrum. I'm too far gone. I want to, you know, go down, um, get the change, and it helps that. And to anyone else that's listening at the moment, is if you find in yourself as well, in the sense of you feel like you're getting pushed, and this is the end of the wall year, and you've got nowhere to go because you feel like that space or that change that's all the way there is too far gone. Just listen to what Austin says, and just listen to his story. How it is not instant. This is not by a fad or a quick change that someone's offering you, but it's getting the right education, the right guidance. And I can imagine with Austin as well, it's taking it one step at a time, one day at a time, and slowly making the small steps in changing of whether it is health, diet, mental state, whether it's someone trying to run track and field, it's someone to lose weight, or it's someone in the business world want to benefit, benefit themselves as well. Because... I've speak about this a few times in the podcast and, and I had a few guests on it and I'm sick and fucking tired of in the fair diet, you get it in the business world. Follow these five steps to make your business successful. Ooh. Do these three steps to launch a podcast and make a million dollars. Firstly, to most people listening out there, unless for the, you're in the top hundred, mate, that ain't fucking money in podcasting. Not to the most of us out there. So don't believe all that shit out there, but it's always about the education following the right steps and giving it time. You took time to form a bad habit. You've got to give time to form a good habit. And that can take weeks, months, or even years because depending on how dark your bad habit was is you've got to keep chipping away at it to bring a little bit of light in to make it a positive habit as well. Most definitely. I think you absolutely nailed it, drove it home. And I think that one like more thing that I could even possibly add is it's, mm -hmm. it's the little wins that turn into the huge victories over time. It's day in, day out, doing what you can to win today to make sure that you can get up, get to it, and win tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The little things that you accomplish today that compound and compound and compound and compound and turn into these massive, amazing victories that just, honestly, pure bliss. It's there's something amazing in the process when you're in in there doing it that you don't even feel at the time but when you're out on the other side you look back and you're like wow you know i did this that day this the next day this the next day the day after that and i beat that habit and i changed and i made this a reality for me with hard work and discipline so through through this path as well is what was your mental state like i know it's something it's big it's big in the world. It's big everywhere else. And as I said before, it's big I, in New Zealand. You might not be aware of it. We've got the highest suicide rate in teens and kids in the world. Uh, oh, wow. I was not aware. 
yeah, with um, so we there's a big push, and a lot of people over my show, it's New Zealand based. We've got a big push for awareness on mental health or how we can help with mental health or how can we help with mental challenges. I mean, the world today is driven by social media. Unfortunately, it can be positive. Most of the times it's negative, especially to the kids that they're not to handle that. So Toy, take us through your mental health journey through that time of, you know, from the beginning to sort of where you are now. Okay, so uh, when I embarked on kind of the, the weight loss journey, it was pure self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, most of what I did was was out of look at you you fat piece of garbage like you need to do this and you have to do this if you want to ever do this someday like if you want to be able to hug your daughter when she walks down the aisle at her wedding um, if you want to be able to go to amusement parks with your family and fit in the roller coasters that was that was a huge thing for me the summer before that December I had gone to an amusement park locally to me uh, with some of my friends, and I literally did not fit in one of the seats in the roller coaster. I could not buckle the seatbelt. And I don't know why that wasn't one of the biggest turning points, because that always has stuck with me. I still feel that to this day. One of my friends that was there with me um, were still very close, and um, he knows my stance on it. He'll bring it up time to time, and it gets me going every single time. That's just something that was huge. So it was it was, it was was mostly driven by self-hatred. Um obviously terrible for my mental health it went from that point and as I started to learn a bit more and more and um, start to make more positive changes day to day that I started to move toward more of a place of complacency mm-hmm. and I started to get very very comfortable with the rate that my body was changing at which at that time was was very drastically um, I would wake up one day, probably three or four pounds lighter than the next day, obviously lots of fluids and some of it being fat, but it, a lot of it being pure lean body mass, muscle mass, because um, I was depriving myself mm. with that self-hatred in mind. I was probably consuming at my lowest, I hate to say this, seven or 800 calories at maximum a day. Yeah. And for reference right now to gain muscle, I'm eating 3,200 calories a day. That's only 300 over where I maintain my weight at 2,900 calories. So what is that? Four times as much, Mm -hmm. seven or 800 calories a day. Nobody can survive on that. That is absolutely blasphemous. Like there's no feasible way for you to get in what your body needs to continue thriving and living. Um, After that point, uh, through those mentors, I started to delve deeper into their actual resources, found out a bit more about how I should properly go about this, like where my actual metabolism laid and how to set my calories and my nutrient goals. And my mind started to move toward a much more positive place. Um, when I say a much more positive place, that still wasn't anywhere near where I am today because mm-hmm. just of how deep and dark I was uh, at the beginning. And uh, during that time, I started to learn more, started to treat myself better. Um, and because I was losing weight, while a lot of it was muscle, a lot of it was fat. And I started to feel the best I had ever felt in my life. I felt amazing. I would go out and buy new clothes. I would fit in the new clothes. I was um, my highest belt, my highest waist size was 50 inches. Um, I'm not 
100% sure what that is in centimeters. I believe a centimeter is like 2.5 inches. So yeah, somewhere around probably the 125 yeah. centimeter size. And by that time, probably three or four months in, I was, I was finding that I could fit into size 40 waist jeans mm -hmm. and shorts and things. So I started to feel myself. I started getting a bit confident and my mental state was elevating. Um, I would go out, find new clothes. I would go online, shop for clothes. I would buy myself new supplements, like cool new flavors. And I'm beyond thankful that we live in a time where the, the nutritional industry is at the level that it is at because of the, the major advancements that have been made. Like talking to my father 10 years ago, he was into bodybuilding as well. And he was telling me that every protein powder on the market would taste like pure chalk. <laughs> and I was sitting there drinking my, my milk chocolate uh, optimum nutrition protein powder. Like, wow, this is delicious. What are you talking about? He was like, wow, man, you, you know, you guys got it good these days. So honestly, grateful and blessed for that. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest things. That's why I'm so into supplements now, just mm -hmm. seeing how they've changed over time. But uh, after that point, probably six or seven months in, um, I fell kind of into a deeper, darker place because my, my progress had seemed to stall. Yep. Uh, and at this point, with that coming into mind, um, is when I started really developing some some mild eating disorders. So at that point, um, I was still trying to basically starve myself every day, eating probably seven, eight hundred calories a day. And I found out about the interest, interesting concept called uh, metabolic adaptation. Um, in short, if you enter a diet, diet for a decently prolonged period of time your metabolism will adapt uh, to the diet and you will need to consume less and less calories eventually for you to continue making progress. Mm -hmm. With that, I took that and I ran with it. So I was like, oh, you know, I've been dieting for six months, eating this many calories. Obviously, I got to take it a step further. And then I dropped it down to probably five or 600 calories a day. And that didn't even last a week and a half. Um, I, I went absolutely insane. I just, my ghrelin, levels were at an all-time high that's the hormone that induces hunger mm -hmm. um my leptin levels were extremely low that's the hormone that suppresses hunger and i just was walking around with this unquenchable feeling of just pure hunger for anything and eventually that got to me probably after a week and a half that's when i started getting really bad with the binge eating um it got to a point where i just caved and mm -hmm. the first night i remember it was a wednesday night i had gotten home from work um, after beating myself, not having any pizza or anything at work. And I came home that night and I just remember walking into my house and God bless her. My mother was at the kitchen table and she had gotten this beautiful Adam's peanut butter cheesecake from the cheesecake factory. That's my favorite cheesecake to this day. And I was like, Oh man, you know, I could probably fit in like a piece of that. One piece goes in, two pieces, three pieces, four pieces later, half the cheesecake. I'm sitting there like, what the hell just happened? At that point, looking back, that, che that piece of cheesecake uh, by modern nutrition is 1,300 calories a slice. So four slices, 5,200 calories within a span of what, 10, 12 minutes while I'm sitting there talking to my mom. And I don't remember a minute of talking to her. I completely blacked out. And that to me at the time was not that big of a deal. I was like, you know what? Maybe I need some more calories like this and that. And it just became a thing every single night after that for the next probably week and a half, two weeks, I would, I would just eat everything in sight, um, deprive myself terribly during the day, get home at night, 
see one enticing hyper-processed food that's meant to drive endorphins and cause like salivation and be like, wow, you know what, let me just get a little bit. And before I knew it, I was laying in my bed with half a bag of chips crumpled up laying on me, just Mm -hmm. blacking out every single time that I did it. And that was just looking back at it. It's just insane to, to see that part of it. And I can, I can talk I, more about like my mentality further on, but I, I could tell, do you have a question about that? No, I was just going to say, I can see how hard it is. Um, you're talking through it. I'm just watching you. I explain, I can see how raw it still is to you that moment and that those weeks or months that went on about uh, how do you see almost a low point or a low point of you pushing yourself to the extreme and trying to, trying to benefit yourself, but trying to benefit yourself so much that you've pushed yourself actually off the edge and therefore oh, yeah. gone down and dropped down and now not knowing, not knowing the education you needed is you actually dropping down to the bottom again and having to start over. And I can see as you're oh, explaining yeah. how raw it still is to you and, and the hard and the challenging you went through at that time. Oh yeah. So with that, luckily uh, it didn't last long enough for me to balloon back up and put on a bunch of weight. So around this time, uh, keep in mind, I started at 341 pounds around this time. I was probably, uh, if I remember correctly, around 280 pounds. So mm. I'd successfully dropped around 60 pounds uh, within that first six months. And I, if I remember correctly, I got back up to about 290. So I only gained about 10 pounds and it seemed to be a good amount of water weight. Um, so to a degree, it seemed like my body was just like, hey, we need energy. We yep. need like, like fuel. So luckily didn't get too high up after that. And it came to a point where I was like, all right, I'm not making progress. I'm heading in a regression line. I'm, I'm making, I'm heading back to where I was. Do I want to go there? No. So I got back on it. And at that point I had learned even more about energy balance and uh, calorie intake, not necessarily the actual nutrient breakdown of it. So I started to follow kind of a more structured calorie system day to day which while it was still low, it was a hell of a lot better. So at that point, I was probably consuming 17, 1800 calories a day, still quite low, um, still very, very, very low in protein. Um, and a lot of it was just coming from diet foods that I saw in the store that had all these crazy claims on the boxes, um, like this, you know, like drop belly fat like this and, you know, uh, improves blood flow, um, like, like vegan certified all of this i was calling for every single health ploy that companies use today to market their products and just absolutely loving it because all of these foods they tasted great they were made to taste great that's what these companies do to to drive sales Mm -hmm. and um at that point obviously cost a lot of money uh going out probably every time we went to the store would buy all of these crazy nutritional supplements and products and everything and it probably drove up our grocery bill week to week uh like two times you know, God bless my parents for bearing with me through that time because Lord knows how, how much that amounted to. And I'm, I'm not going to go back and total it up, but, um, uh, after that, so I I ran with that for probably a a month or two. And then I started to learn a bit more about this amazing concept called if it fits your macros, also known as flexible dieting. Um, so a macro, a macronutrient is a carbohydrate, a fat, or a protein, the three primary nutrients that make up all of the foods that we consume day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 
amazing thing called if it fits your macros caught my eyes because I saw these people uh, fitting pop tarts into their diets and um, all these crazy like sugary cereals and going out to eat at all these restaurants and cool things. And I was like, wow, let me check this out some more. And I learned that if it fits your macros at a basic level was that you have a set amount of macronutrient goals for the day. So for example, right now, mine is 250 protein, 400 grams of carbohydrates, and uh, 70 to 80 grams of fat. And as long as you got the foods, or as long as you got the numbers to work out within those, those numbers, you were basically golden. Mm -hmm. um, that was my interpretation of it without accounting for micronutrients like you would find in fruits and vegetables and um, any of the other things, vitamins and minerals that our bodies need to function properly. So uh, with that, I fell into another somewhat dark time where I was under the impression that I was doing everything I needed to be doing to make be making progress. And uh, it was actually that I became obsessed with trying to fit every quote unquote bad food like these pop tarts and these sugary mm -hmm. cereals and these, these granola bars and these uh, like frozen meals that I could into my day within those numbers. It was consuming my life. Every single day was based around, is this going to fit my nutrition? Is this going to fit into my numbers? Can I have a little bit of this? Like if I have half an Oreo here, maybe I can have a half a serving of this cereal and then I can have maybe like a quarter of this protein bar and this and that. And that went on for months. And that's something that I still deal with today. I, I still find myself thinking in those thought patterns, but it came to one night again, came home from work on, it wasn't a Wednesday night. I don't remember what weeknight it was, but it wasn't a Wednesday. I came home from work and I looked at my desk with my computer and all of my uh, school supplies. And on the desk, I remember vividly, there were three open protein bars, um, each of which I had measured a certain amount off, cut, measure or calculated the calories for and tracked in my fitness pal, um, the app that I still use to this day to track my nutrition, mm -hmm. um, weighed them out on my digital scale that was also sitting on my desk to make sure I was consuming the exact amount of calories that I had weighed or had planned to. And I was like, this is literally consuming my life. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do is based around food and how many calories I'm going to consume in a day. And I realized again, this needs to change. So what did I do? I took to YouTube again, found out a little bit more in the kind of uh, food relationship scene and started to do some of the things that I, I thought would, would push me in the, in the positive direction to start making better choices. So I started to eat more vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, I started to eat some more fruits. I started to eat more whole protein sources instead of living off of protein shakes and protein bars. Um, so at that point, I was eating a lot more white meats, a lot more fresh vegetables, a lot more fresh fruits. And on top of my body functioning better and just feeling better overall, I realized that I was feeling full a lot more of the time because of the just the nature of these foods. When you have whole minimally processed foods, they're generally a lot more satiating because they aren't composed of small amounts of many ingredients and high sugars and foods that don't necessarily equate to a lot of volume and physical space. Um, so I was just feeling a lot more full all the time. I was feeling better. And 
just functioning better as a person. And I would still fit in some of these quote unquote bad foods. Um, like I would still have an Oreo time to time. And at this point I was still kind of dealing with the binge eating situation. So I would have all of my calories pretty much expelled by the time that I got home that night. And cause I had planned my day in advance to the best of my ability, thinking that I was setting myself up for success, getting home that night and being hungry and being like, all right, you know, I'll have an Oreo and I'll be good. I'll head to bed after that. Next thing I know, half the pack's gone, this and that. We talked about it before you get into kind of like blacked out space and the binge eating was still definitely real at that time. And this is something that I love and hate to talk about because I know that so many people deal with it all the time, but I think that it's slightly gross. This is when I started dealing with bulimia. Mm. Um, so with the, if it fits your macros thing, I would have a lot of nice whole foods during the day. And maybe on my way home from work, on my way home from school, I would get something quote unquote bad or kind of like cheat food type deal. Mm -hmm. I would maybe see McDonald's had a new cheeseburger and I would figure out how I could fit that into my calories and uh, nutrients for the day. And I would eat that. And then directly after I would just have these overwhelming feeling feelings of self-hatred and it got to the point where I started trying to force myself to vomit these foods up. And, um, I, to this day, I can, I can go back in my fitness pal, the app that I use, uh, it keeps, it keeps a log of your entire tracking mm -hmm. history. And I can go back to some of those days and see, uh, these foods. And after I would try to throw them up, I would, I would stare, um, at the toilet and try to figure out what percentage of the food I had thrown up to, to subtract it from the calories for the day, um, to try to be as accurate as possible. And it, it would, Never mind the binge eating, never mind the, the low calories. This was the deepest, darkest place that I was ever in. And like, I know I don't talk about it a lot. I'm sure some of my following is going to hear this podcast and wonder, wow, like you went through that. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, it was absolutely a real thing. And um, I still have impulses regarding that today where I'll have like a cheat meal or something. And I'll be like, was that worth it? Like, it's all gone now. Like, should I just throw it up? And I can forget about it. I can figure out how much left my body, this and that. And, um, sorry if I'm kind of rambling about that. That just that just gets me decently emotional because it it was just such a big thing. No, you're not you're not rambling. It's there's there's so many. You, I don't want to use the word good. It's uh, it's a bad terminology to say in what you've just said. But there's so many points um, and knowledge to take from from what you're going through in there, again, in the struggles you went through. The first thing I just want to acknowledge and say to yourself is through that whole step and to anyone that's listening is with Austin's sort of those months and, and previous months of you do a, you're doing a path and there's a realization that it's the wrong path and you're doing a change where I take my hat off to you, Austin. And I know that you, there's the, the struggles you had and getting to this darkest point is you, at least every single time you got to a point and you said, this isn't the way, you said, I can find another way. I can find a different path or I can learn more and change. And as much as you're still having to work through, unfortunately, you still work through some of the, the hidden dark secrets in the mental space and still having the urges and the attractions to the food because you still have that addiction to it. You still set yourself and stood up and said, that diet wasn't working for me. Uh, this lifestyle wasn't work for me. Let me find something else and go down that path and then hit the next wall and go, okay, that wasn't the way and go down the path. So where a lot of people today would go down one path 
and three months later or four months later, they'll hit a wall and go, I gave it all, I gave it 100%, it ain't fucking working, and so I'm just gonna sit back in my ass and give, give into my addiction and give into my negativity and that stuff and take them back to day one or actually 100 days before day one. Because to once you've given up once on one path, it's almost harder to come back to that same one because you've you've, oh, you've yeah. told yourself you've told yourself I've tried that and I failed and I've come back. But if you tell yourself I've tried that, I didn't get what I wanted, but I kept going. You tell yourself that I've learned from that failure, and therefore it's not negative to your mental state as a failure, but it's a learning curve to the next step to go. It's one step. Wasn't the right step in the path, but it's one step forward. Mm-hmm. It, it was a step that would evidently lead to me learning. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, Lawrence. I think that's a major point. It's um, I personally I believe that there are wins and lessons in life. There are not wins and losses. There there mm-hmm. are losses, but it, it's only truly a mistake or a loss if you don't take a lesson from it and apply it moving forward to get better. That's my personal stance on that. I will carry that to the grave with me. Um, I think that. Honestly, one of the one of the biggest parts with that was was just trying to find every single thing that happened and trying to get better from it. Seriously. Yeah, um, totally. I, I mean, it's it's again just a learning from it. But like you said, there's no win and winning and uh, losses. It's winning and learning, and it's a mental state. And sometimes we as individuals can't pick up. We need someone else to help us, or we need a mentor to help us and and show that mental state or that understanding, so you don't see the negativity to each relation each time to say, yes, you know, that was wrong, but we learn from it and we, we step forward. So yeah. going back to this, this, the sense of where you said you find yourself in the darkest moment, you find yourself in a moment where I, I can't believe a lot of people, but there definitely would be people, you said you're standing there and by the toilet, throwing up the food because you didn't want to have the calories in the count. And in such a mental state, you were actually looking at what the percentage of the food was in the toilet to say, just yeah. was that was that the whole burger? Was that half the burger? And so that you could calculate the, the precise percentage of what you've just brought up to allow yourself to eat later again. And I, I can't imagine the emotion, the feelings that you're going through at, at that stage. And like you said, it was the darkest moment. How did you, what did it take for you to come through that? What did it take... For, um, I can imagine you won't and you never would be through that totally, but how did you get through it to the next step, the next learning block we're talking about? This is when probably one of the biggest turning points of my entire life, honestly, the biggest turning point of my entire life. Um, I had met this individual through the local gym that I was attending at that time, Club Fitness, um, in my town named Bryce Tominski. Um, Bryce and I are still close friends to this day and Bryce showed me how much more there is to be had mm-hmm. Bryce had come from a similar place so one day at the gym um, at this point I was doing weight training I had learned that cardio was not the best thing for me this and that and I was I was lifting some weights Bryce approached me at this time I was still very big I was probably still 270 280 pounds after dealing with that and Bryce approached me and said hey I see that you're in here working hard every single day. We're here at the same time, a lot of days. And I just want to show you where I came from and show you that it's possible because Bryce is coming up to me looking like he just came off the Mr. Olympia stage, Mm -hmm. like a, like a true bodybuilder. 
and he shows me this picture of him in high school um just complete twig of an individual he he's like yeah i was dealing with anorexia at this time and um i was like wow man you know that's insane like you came from being that small to gaining all this weight and everything and then he was like yeah but wait there's more slides to the next picture and in middle school bryce was close to where i was in size bryce had gone from the top end of the spectrum to the bottom end and just still elevated himself higher and higher every single day. And it was through building that relationship with Bryce over time that I started to realize how much more there is to be had from life. Um, he was big into the personal development space at the time. Um, he introduced me to Andy Frisella, the CEO of the company that I work with, First Form, um, and showed me his amazing resource, the MFCEO project, the podcast yeah. series, and uh, started listening to that and realized, wow, you know, sometimes when, when I think these thoughts about, you know, these crazy dreams and this and that, I'm not alone. There are other people out there that are thinking this way. And I was like, wow, these concepts and thoughts that I had never even really put much mind to aren't that unrealistic like these things are attainable and that's when I started getting into the motivational and personal developmental space the mental health kind of space to a degree mm -hmm. um, not as much as I wish I had and started getting into this this idea of entrepreneurship and going higher and being a high achiever yep. that was the biggest thing for me that's when I started pushing for, for more and more so um, yeah, and I can imagine, so th that was starting to take the steps. I know that you said um, Andy Frisella introduced you to that world as well, where you are um, a, an ambassador as part of the first form program you are today. Uh, it's, it's, I think you called it a legionnaire or first form legionnaire. So to anyone yeah. that wants to understand that, there's a company called First Form and uh, owned by Andy Frisella, which is uh, entombs everything about health, fitness, um, the products, the um, the products behind that, but they also have an amazing pro amazing program that um, Austin's part of as the Legionnaire program, which is you're an ambassador for the company, but it's not just an ambassador for product or product sales. It's an ambassador for being a better human being and align others to become the better of themselves. Um, and going through obviously his journey, Austin's come in the sense of where he can use what he has learned and what he's talking to and those challenges and, and stand in front of people and go, this is where I was. And you telling me you can't get up at 6 a.m. to go outside for 10 minutes and go for a run. And this is where I was. And this is where my dark moments was. And you telling me you can't do an extra five minutes a day on a bicycle to get yourself, you know, in the health ways. And that's that sort of program that Austin's found himself in. And he can mentorship, mentor people around him and people that's following him to see that, what you're still fighting through and what your challenges are still today, you know, people can see I'm like that. I've been through that. I've experienced that. And he's going, Austin's going down the right path. So why don't I just stand next to him behind him together and we take the journey together. Yeah. With, with that, it's, um, to put it into perspective, I, I barely market the company's products because mm -hmm. my main drive with it is to use the the information that they provide me through science and everything to educate people and then offer them if you want you can use this if you want to cover your bases 
at the end of the day, it's about educating people and getting people results. And that's a, like a core value that I hold even outside of the program and uh, in life in general. I feel that if you can truly teach something, you've truly mastered it or you are mastering it or you're, you're getting better at it. And that, that honestly comes from a, a place of selfishness. Mm -hmm. um, I originally was like, you know, I want to get the best possible at this. And what's a great way to get really good at something is to teach others. And yep. that's where I started moving with that. And then I fell in love with helping people get, get, get better and see results. That's the main thing with that. But moving on from, yeah. so, from that, please. It was just, yeah. So sorry, sorry. no, all good, man. Uh, by all means, I can, like I said, I can see you, I can see you fighting demons within yourself as you're thinking back. And, and that is fine. Cause this is something that people also sometimes forget. Uh, yeah is to take demons or bad points and everything else and to go, okay, it's, it's past and it's back there. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to push it way down. It's never going to be the right ways. Sometimes we need to take that and put it on a shelf and look at it and go, you had me at that moment. You yeah. broke me at that moment or you destroyed me at that moment, but you don't have me today. I'm stronger today and I'm better knowledge today. And, but also acknowledging that was there because every, a few people I talk to um, in, in life and stuff, they go through moments and then they have this massive drop off the edge as you know, we spoke about earlier. And it's because they've forgotten about some stuff that they'd had and they don't acknowledge it to what they've become. They don't acknowledge that that negativity and that hardship and that darkness is evolved to the person they've become today. And by leaving it as darkness, it's going to consume you over a period of time. It's going to finally eat up at you and it's going to bubble out. And then you're going to go back to trying to sort down that path. And we've got to acknowledge it and say, I was bad. I had a, that was a shit moment for me. That was a bad moment for me. But today... I've defeated or I'm defeating or I'm working towards a better version of it. I won't forget you, you know, but I'm going to leave you the fuck behind. Mm. 110% Lawrence. Honestly, it's, if you try to call these, these demons and push them down and live with them in the back of your subconscious mind, you, you'll never truly get past them. And I feel that even with what I'm doing now, I live with them every day and I try to, use it as a point to teach and help others, I still will never get past it. But I've learned to fall in love with that. I've learned that it's a blessing that I've been able to go through these things and can still live with those thoughts. And I'm at a point where I can use it to teach others and I'm not necessarily consumed by them myself. Everything you said there is just honestly like speaking gospel. So you're talking about, you know, talking about teaching others. So you obviously find yourself in, if anyone looks at Austin, you know, you've got your training, your training program, part of First Foremost, or on your social media as well. You personal training, taking people through their journeys. Also um, mentorship. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's mentorship in people just in the day-to-day -day and seeing your journey and everything else. What are you finding yourself in today in the sense of you've come to, the, come to where you are now? You're still learning every day. You're still evolving to the person or the best person. We always evolve into the best person we're going to become. But you're like, now you've got some education you can offer others. So what is it that, what is the awesome package now that you offer the world? So now um, I, I basically mostly take to Instagram as my primary platform to try to put out educational content for people to take away some points and uh, start 
putting into action in their lives to make small changes and create small victories that turn into huge wins. Yeah. Um, I do not charge people for programs or nutritional help or anything. Um, and I, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I, people come to me looking for help and it makes my day to sit down and go over someone's nutrition with them and know that I've instilled these, these principles in their mind that are going to help them get to closer to success. That's all the payment I need is being able to see them come out on the other side six months later, fucking a hundred pounds later. Yeah. And I'm just like, Holy I played a part in that. I yeah. played a small part in that. Like I, I, I built a piece of that foundation. They're a changed individual. To me, that's the only payment I need. And uh, if you're sitting there like, okay, but how do you make money? I work at a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I work the, the protein shake bar at a gym. I love it. Um, I do kind of the groundwork. I'm not a trainer there, but I help people with their training and things like that. I'm very close with a lot of the trainers and um, at every opportunity I can, I shadow them and try to learn from them and see how someday I could use that to help somebody else. And That's really what it is. A lot of people come to me for, for help with nutrition and anything just because they see I got, I got, I got some kind of clue of what I'm talking about. You know, they see my page, they see the progress I've made and I'm proud of that. And they see that I'll never be satisfied with that. Um, one of my mantras, proud, but never satisfied something mm-hmm. I live by and something I'll take to the grave. Um, I'm proud of where I came from, but I'll strive every single day to do more and more and more and more to help, like, make even more progress and be able to help even more people in that regard. So if people come to me now, if they, if you were to visit my socials, you would find links to some first form products, some of the meditation methods that I use, Mm -hmm. some of the various kind of structural organizational things that I use in my life. And I'm very active on my Instagram stories. I love getting on there day to day and talking to people, taking polls and just showing what I do in my day to day life, showing the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. I feel that humility is attractive and showing people that I struggle too shows a lot of people that they're not alone. And that's, that's a big thing to me is making sure people feel that they're not alone because it's it's a bad place to be that. And if people reach out to me more than willing to help them with their nutrition and their training and answer any questions they have. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find out. That's amazing. Austin. I think that's a great point to end off. I mean, we just hit an hour on the show already to tell your story and everything else. And to anyone else that is listening at the moment, irrespective of if it's health related, fitness related, life related, if you feel like you got the moment, if you feel like you need someone to reach out, you've got someone here that is busy talking and saying that he will help you out. He will give you some guidance as best as you can. Sometimes we just need someone else to listen. If you're listening and you're struggling, no matter what it is, reach out, reach out to myself, reach out to Austin. We'll always be open doors to have a call, have a text or anything else. Even if you're having a very dark moment, I do not care. If you find either of us on social media, and you reach us, no matter what time of the day, we'll give you, we'll, we'll help you out. Um, but as we sort of get into the end of the, the show today, um, and, and thank you so much, Tom, for yourself um, on the show today, Austin. There's so much more of Austin's um, journey, and I know a lot of you are going to say there's so much more you want to hear and that sort of stuff. Don't you worry. I'll have Austin back in 90 days' time. We'll get through the silly season, 
and he can tell us how the focus and the building and the momentum he has at the moment over the silly season and the tricks that he has there. And he can come back to the listeners in 90 days' time and tell us what are the good points to break through Christmas, Thanksgiving, and so forth, because those are challenging times. So a lot of people that have, food, have a food addiction. But before we head off today, Austin, please let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, which one, what are your handles? So um, on, I'm mostly active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Facebook, not quite as much. Instagram is my primary platform. You can find me on Instagram at, at Austin C. Sloan. It's just my full name with the middle initial, A-U-S-T-I-N-C-S-L-O-A-N-E. That's my primary. And you can find me on YouTube as well. Um, I just started a channel where I'll be uploading blogs and educational videos. Um, that is Austin Sloan. Um, not sure if it's going to come up right away in your search results, probably around 80 subscribers or so, but we'll get there. I'm sure you'll see it on your homepage someday. Uh, those are my two primary platforms. That's awesome, Austin. And as always, I'll um, share out your handles as well on the different platforms um, to everyone that's listening today. And to everyone else, thank you so much again for coming in and joining on the Wolf of Queen Street, whether you're on the audio podcast or the YouTube series. And please, if the message today resonates with you and on the touch point of Annie Frisella as part of First Form, as he always says, if you like the episode today and taking it from him, share it to someone else. Bring on a fan, bring on someone to come and listen to the show. Send it out, share it, comment, and at the end of the day, subscribe so that you can hear more great content at a later time. But thank you for coming on the show today and uh, we'll chat again later. Cheers.